This is Audio Gyan and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. Bade Gulam Ali once said, if in every home one child was taught Hindustani classical music, this country would have never been partitioned. And in today's episode, we have two guests who have completely convinced with the power of music. not just for better future but overall development of a child we have dakshayani atle and mandar karanskar with us on audio gyan to discuss baithak foundation as a case study mandar is passionate believer of power of music he is a communication consultant conducts corporate trainings and more he has three books in his name currently student of indian classical music and learned from late pandit vijay sardeshmukh dakshayani has multiple years of experience in working with not for profits a law graduate from pune university and later pursued her higher education from tis in mumbai she is a trained kirtankar and we'll speak briefly about it in the last part of the conversation so yeah welcome dakshayani and mandar to audio gyan and it's a real real pleasure and actually an honor to have you on audio gyan thank, thank you, you so, so much, much. Uh, it's a pleasure for us to be here as well Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to the conversation. Great. So, uh, those who are tuning in for the first time in Audio Gyan itself, uh, I have three formats typically. One is uh, a regular interview. One is a case study where interviews are typically a conversation based on a topic or something like that. Case study is where I generally deep dive into one particular problem statement or a project or a case study, as the name itself explains. And then there is biography. So, Mandar, definitely, I want to do like a biography. with you in the one of the following episodes as well we'll come to that later sure. but yeah this this sort of uh, episode is uh, revolves around baithak uh, foundation as a case study and i've come up with few question and and yeah it's it's like the stage is yours i am sort of really not a pro in classical music so uh, pardon for like some naive questions and and feel free to maneuver the conversation to help us understand what what baithak is about sure Yes, cool. definitely, and there are no bad questions or naive questions. I think there can only be bad answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So I wanted to start with like at a very meta level, like what is baithak, right? Uh, philosophically also, because I was listening to one of the interviews where Pandit Bhimsen Joshi was saying that, and we'll we'll interchange between Marathi and English. So feel free to change. So, eka asanat basta yatne. Ani apne Marathi mare pan bolta yatne ki baithak paije. so he I think he quoted something like within like one hour they change some twenty two asanas and and not even complete the concert. So if you can start at a very sort of etymological thing to this word, like where did this word come from or what according to uh, you is baithak? Yeah. So see, like my approach is you know I I try to answer things from how I experience them and how I look at them. So if we look at this word baithak. for me it actually means commitment wow. yeah so it manifests in our mind and in our body in different forms but essentially baithak is basically what is you know in a very simple word commitment to something it could be commitment to music it could be commitment to reading something it could be commitment to improve myself you know it's it's like cleaning oneself and now what do you need like you know if if you are committed to something 
the one thing is that you have to leave other things aside. Yeah, that's what essentially choosing something means. When I say, I choose this, I'm leaving aside many things which I think maybe are not important. I don't enjoy. I don't like whatever it is. So when we when we say baithak, first it is your mental commitment. Ki, I want to go deeper into this, or I want to improve myself in this. And then of course for that you definitely need a physical baithak. Now mm-hmm. for a runner that baithak could be running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so baithak is not always sitting at one place. But Baitak is your ability of not getting distracted and pursuing what you are committed for. So when we chose this word Baitak, we realized that it's a very wholesome word. It applies to everything that we are facing today. Like we don't eat good food because we don't have Baitak. We don't have patience to select the grocery rightly, to cook it properly, to serve it properly. So, you know, if you... If you go to the bottom of every so-called problem that we have, it's actually a lack of baitak. And same applies to music, you know, whatever we are saying, you know, some things are not good with this field or, or whatever, you know, things could be better. I think baitak is one thing, you know, which is sort of a, Kabir says, you know, paach so pakad mangaoji ek hi lagaunga. So he says, you know, if you have to catch many things, paach pachis, you don't need those many ropes to catch them. You just need one rope and that rope is your breath. Wow. So in the same way, this baitak is that one rope, you know, which can help solve many of our problems. And that's why we sort of chose this name. Interesting. And and then can it be loosely called as also Sankalp? Because Sankalp also has a similar, when you fix on a one thing and then leave out the others, right? Yeah. But when you say Sankalpa, you have some idea of a defined path that you are going to follow. And you also have idea about what is your outcome going to be likely outcome. Mm. When I say baitak, I am not concluding, you know, in this direction, I want to go or, you know, all of that. So baitak just means I can cut my distractions. Also, also I feel that baitak, the word baitak signifies the process also. It's not a state in that sense, actually. It's something that you do every day. So I find it very interesting that it is, it is a process. Word speaks about a process or rather to be in process is important. Then, then the outcome. So, hmm. beautiful, cool. So, yeah, Dakshayani, to you, like, what is this foundation about, and how did it come to be? Like, if you can just set the premise of what's what's sort of the corporate term, like, there is this mission, mission kind of a thing. Is there something like that? It has a, I believe, it's a tagline: building artistic foundation. So, can you throw some more light to it? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we we are still discovering this, by the way. Uh, you know, the organization is constantly growing, I would say. I don't think we've stopped growing in that sense, conceptually as well. Hmm. But I'll talk a bit about how we started. So we started just with a simple idea that we had music in our lives, both Mandar and I, in different forms. And uh, we just felt that we needed to take this music to the students that we were working with. I was at that time working at a school. So... So we thought we need to take this to children. And then we also had a lot of uh, assumptions or misconceptions in some sense, you know, about about the music that we liked. Because we've always been told that classical music is not for masses. It cannot be appreciated by everyone. You need to have a certain background and all of those things. So it was a mix of all these things, you know, a mix of wanting to do something for children, realizing that, you know, children need music and they don't have access to good quality music or music education. 
then realizing that oh indian classical music is also not accessible there's something that needs to be done there so we were just basically seeing a lot of these challenges and just very intuitively felt inclined towards doing something about it and so we started off with actually just going and working with children so it didn't start off as an organization in sense it started more as a personal endeavor so we just started going to an after school teach for india center after our jobs so we had our day jobs we just started going to the center on weekends and we basically just started off with introducing music to children and that we did by you know singing film songs singing notations singing saregamapa trying to make our combinations you know in groups just trying to make it as interesting as possible for children but at the same time we were also testing some of our assumptions about music so we designed the program in a way where we both would personally do these classes and interactions with students just to understand how do they receive this music you know because it's definitely different from popular music and so does that difference itself become a barrier in reaching children so we started off with that and in very interestingly we realized that there's nothing like that actually these all assumptions are in the minds of adults and children actually don't have them at all and they don't have that kind of distinction it's the distinction is only in the sound and if they like the sound they will listen to it and they did like indian classical music so it was interesting for us you know it was a surprise that these assumptions were in our mind and that's how we started so after a year of doing this then the next year we registered the foundation we felt that no this needs to become more structured we need to apply our minds to it and energy to it and so we started off and uh, after of course a couple of mistakes now we are in such a place where we have certain programs so we start off with something called as anubhav which is basically giving students the exposure of indian classical music and music includes vocal instrumental and dance so we do all kinds oh, of nice. okay. yeah we go with that definition of uh, sangeet sangeet hmm. is gayan vadan nritya so we go with that and a couple of uh, these concerts that happen so we write from carnatic music drupad you know satar sarod santur to katha kudisi so we do a mix of concerts basically in the first year especially of our intervention the first year of our school program and that's called anubhav uh, mm. so it's just experience we want students to start with experiencing the sound and experiencing the visual experiencing the craft so we start with experience then the second year in most of the schools where we work is parichay and okay. parichay is basically workshops so just getting to know some of these things uh, from close quarters so let's say mm-hmm. if we did a kathak uh, concert in the first year we like to follow it up with say a kathak workshop in the next year depending on what there are of course at all levels we value student choices so you know we put up posters students sign up for workshops also we take their preferences which workshops they would like to do and all of that but basically the next year is to get to know that art form you know a little closely so we do a vocal workshop let's say or an instrument workshop and all so that's the second year and mm. the third year is basically what we call taleem and project taleem is basically like music clubs you know it's teaching learning that happens so it's like an after school music class that happens again it's all choice based and all of that and we keep a smaller group of uh, smaller number of children in a group mm-hmm. uh, and alongside anubhav and parichay can continue so that's the progression that we follow and we've completed 5 years so some wow. of our schools have reached the taleem phase in that sense and now we look forward to uh, doing more especially now that the pandemic is hopefully thankfully receding so, yeah, yeah. but that's so, that's how the programs are yeah 
Mm-hmm. No, I have two questions there actually. So one is, um, you said uh, it's when you introduce. Like I was listening to this. Uh, in fact, I've interviewed Dhanasri Pandit Rai also, and in her TEDx talk, she made it sort of connect with say like ulalala ulelo whatever like contemporary thing to like a boop rag right. So you you drive those sort of. How do you make it relatable to children? Because it's tough, right? Because it's purely notes. If you tell, they may not be able to comprehend or the interest might not be there. So any nuances there? So that's one question. And there is one more follow-up. So, yeah. So one is that we've worked with this premise actually. And that's why I say this definitely with some kind of confidence that uh, it's not difficult. It's not difficult for children to get a hang of it. It's, uh, they apply their minds very well. It is actually in the minds of the performer, actually, sometimes the question of whether they are able to reach the child in front of them. But students are actually very good at picking if they're interested, if they like the sound, if they're there present, they very quickly pick up stuff. So you're saying the nuances of just like, whatever, like, because in, in, at least in classical music, like sometimes like a komal makes a completely different rag. So are they able to catch that nuances or you don't get that detail also? We don't get into that kind of depth Hmm. because that will anyways need years of intervention. Hmm. So we are able to understand these differences in say rags or tals or you know and how it all comes together and the improvisation part of it because we've listened for many years. Now that process in itself is not happening for many of these students. So That's another aspect where if they listen for many years, it will happen to them also. Mm. Now, specifically from the workshops or the concerts point of view, you know, that we do, what children really appreciate is that how the music sounds. Then the other is how the artists communicate with each other. They're able to notice those nuances for sure. As to they're able to understand Mm. that there's some vocal improvisation happening. And at the same time, there's something that the tabla player is doing differently that he's not done before. So they catch those kinds of changes. For sure, for sure. And in the workshop, we've thankfully have had such wonderful artists working with the foundation that they've always communicated with relatable examples, such as, you know, say, for example, painting. So now all children do painting in that sense, you know, they have access to colors and crayons and all of that. So then how do there are there are two shades of red, say, you know, in your palette. Now, they're both red, but they're not the same. So then how do two rays sound different? And then you get them to sing, you know. So you give an example wow. and wow. Then, then you ask them to sing or do something along with you. So we've, we've worked with such wonderful artists who give, the, give these kinds of examples, you know, that make them relatable. Very, very interesting. The red example was quite interesting. Just to add, add a bit to this. See, there are two, three factors in play here, you know. Mm. So one is we work with a large number of young musicians. Some of them are already teaching in some schools. Some of them already have young students who come and learn from them. So actually, it's a pool of knowledge that we also acquire, you know, through our association with these young musicians. Mm. So they come with, you know, fantastic examples, ideas like Dakshani talked about, you know, two shades of red and then you know relating them with komal swar and shuddha swar or you know they will mimic some sounds which we commonly observe or they would make some rhythms through their instruments or through singing or through their body so one is that part secondly like if we talk to like a you know like let us say there is a five years old kid who is undernourished so what what would we do you know so one thing is 
we would give that child good food hmm. yeah we won't explain that child about ki see you know this has quinoa and this has uh, moringa and this that what are responsibilities in a way to make it uh, palatable hmm. and then the child asks the question ki what is this made up of what ingredients have we used and then we only supply that much of knowledge uh-huh. so in in schools we follow the second approach you know we ensure that best of the music reaches the kids in the best possible environment you know we have intimate setting we have small venues interactions possible and then once kids are hooked to the music they automatically will start answering uh, sorry asking these questions ki what was that it sounded a little bit different what happened at that point and then the artists would answer those questions interesting and mandar you you also have like these sub initiatives or i don't know how do you want to term it but there is uh, like baithak museum there's bandish bank project there are curated concerts you want to elaborate on that like w- what is this uh, because uh, dakshini spoke about anubhav parichay and talim can you elaborate on the other sub sort of initiatives yeah so you know uh, after we started baithak initially we were a little bit clueless like we didn't know we were clueless but the way we were acting mm-hmm. we were acting like clueless we would be doing things randomly half hazard because there is so much that needs to be done but soon we met a mentor and a guide who gave us a very beautiful example you know he said that look if a river is flowing everything is good but if you obstruct that river you know if you build dams on the river here and there what you get is ponds Mm. those ponds will be dead you know they will start rotting and there will be all the garbage into that because it's a dead system so what he said is you know don't work on beautifying the ponds but rather just remove the blockages as soon as you remove the blockages the river will again start flowing and and that whole uh, mechanism of cleansing itself it will start automatically so our approach you know of looking at this field is a very broad approach so we had decided that you know like baithak will do what maybe no one wants to do or no one is doing yeah mm. so for example we never do concerts in auditoriums so we get many times this request you know that let us partner and let us do this music festival because so many people are doing it so as you said you know the sub initiatives that we have like we have a wonderful initiative which we call tune in so right at the beginning of the interview you know you said that uh, some questions could be naive and please understand and and all of that mm-hmm. so there is a fear you know in our mind about music mm-hmm. about talking you know about music with someone else and it's very common we know many friends many elderly people they are afraid to ask questions so we thought something needs to be done here you know we have to remove this fear this block so tune in were very very intimate uh, appreciation sessions where we answer the questions people are welcome to ask questions so this is one initiative or archiving is a very problematic thing you know in in field of indian classical music because there are people who are hoarding recordings and you know cassettes and schools of private concerts so we have seen uh, you know many of these recording 
catching fungus and you know getting permanently damaged but the people who had them they were not willing to share so this was one part you know where we again started working you know we said if you have anything that needs digitization pass it on to us we will digitize we will give you a copy and only if you allow we will put it up on our website so that everyone can access it without paying any money so this is about museum so we now have fantastic collection you know coming through different people and we have a array of spool players and cassettes and we digitize that material and we not only digitize we also share it online as much as possible so if you see on our website we have curated exhibitions that's that's just a way of sharing that archive you know with people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mentally all these initiatives you know as you said if there are sub initiatives of how i think mentally for us how we've categorized them is uh, the aspect of uh, accessibility one is with children you know one all our initiatives that are focused on children and then the others are divided into accessibility and knowledge so initiatives which focus on building knowledge in this field or around this field and initiatives that are making this music accessible mm-hmm. so those are the broad categories for us you know knowledge and accessibility and we put all our initiatives under those beautiful let's take a short break here we'll be right back Okay, welcome back to the show. In fact, it's so wonderful because when you started by thak definition, it it also is sort of is a process, and and even in philosophy, you have this concept called as you don't. So there are two ways to whatever reach the higher state of consciousness. Either you discover, keep discovering, or then you like you decide. I think uh, that the person, the mentor, I think took the discovery path. let's see how how it unfolds as time goes along right yeah yeah so how has been the response uh, so far 23 schools uh, i think 35000 if i'm not wrong how many children there was uh, a stats on your website i forgot the number but yeah like yeah yeah how's the response been like what are your learnings so far and and how is this like dakshani you spoke about it but if you want to just elaborate on that ki how are schools responding to this or are there any other private institutions which are sort of collaborating on this so one is that uh, i think as an organization grows it surely if you are on the right path or if you consistently just keep doing your work i think that itself brings in credibility and support you know in some way or the other so with baithak we have seen that progression also you know that now there are many many more people who are sort of interested and who reach out and who want to collaborate and so we are definitely in that space right now uh, but uh, if you see that's not exactly how it started you know these programs were such programs which probably uh, nobody felt that they needed but once we did those then there you know there was a demand for it in a way so we started from there so we've done many teacher training programs we've reached out to a lot of school leaders convincing you know in some way for them to take up this program but it's really very heartwarming to see how they've realized and experienced the value of it very immediately actually mm. so it's almost you know we've had to do maybe one or two concerts or the anubhav uh, sessions you know in these schools 
and the response from the school you know has just it, then it that has driven all the other programs actually you know so it's only those this first discussions become a little difficult because you know music is still considered a luxury it's still considered something for the privileged you know so when you're tied so much on you know your academics your budgets and all of that finding budget for music it becomes really tough so we have to fight hard in that sense but it's only at the beginning i would say after that you know once we do these programs these sessions they're very beautifully received one of the learnings for us has been to let people experience then to convince them through knowledge so that's a big learning experience for them so what we do is that even if a school is not interested in say doing you know our sessions we say we'll just come we'll come and do a concert just once just let us come once and mm-hmm. then that's that's the entry you know so instead of talking and convincing about how music helps in cognitive development how does it help you in your motor skill development or overall development how will it make you a better person instead of going on the path of knowledge and convincing people through argument we felt that convincing people through an experience is much easier so that's definitely one big learning for us right there uh, and it seems very powerful because uh yeah if if the right note touches the chord i think it's it's like divine <laughs> yeah that has worked really well for us the other thing uh, i would say is that we have over a period made smaller changes in our programs you know they're not big changes but just how the interaction should go how long should it be how short should it be you know those kinds of smaller changes what should be the frequency of sessions what should we start off with so should we start off with a vocal concert in a school or should we start with an instrumental concert now because you know as i just said that that first impression that first concert that first experience is very important mm-hmm. so we've slowly made some of these decisions in designing our events our programs you know mm-hmm. so it's been a slow learning process so but now we more or less know what works you know so yeah but those are definitely two big uh, things for us mandar can maybe add if i've missed something <laughs> yeah yeah see like people really want to support good work you know this is what we realized so to give you an example when we started this weekend activity dakshani was working in a company called elicon castelloy and the owner of the company mrs rai so she would you know talk to her she would she liked music you know so we would perform for her her friends and then one day she said ki okay i will support you why don't you do this full time hmm. wow. so you know at multiple points we we met such people who supported us in some way you know like we have a friend his name is uh, kranti he's a very celebrated filmmaker kranti kanade it's a very nice house in pune and like we use his house more than he does you know we do music classes at his house we do concerts at his house we do workshops so many things we do so i think uh, what we are grateful for is that there is so much of support you know like often we wonder uh, like are we doing justice to you know all this support which is coming to us mm-hmm. and it's same from every side you know it's from school side also schools are also as dakshayani said very welcoming artists want to participate in this initiative people want to donate equipment you know there are people who would say ki okay i will give you old school player take it use it so i would say we are very fortunate uh, you know that we got noticed by all these people mm-hmm. and and i'm just curious to know because when you are starting off even with a vocal sort of a performance or a instrumental 
it typically like at least the the type of music i have heard it starts with like a vilambit khayal or a some like how do you generate that interest in a in a person who has never heard it because for it like i remember i at least started listening to it with uh, gulam ali who's slightly lightweight like like i mean compared to say amir khan like if i'm directly introduced to amir khan i won't be able to like ever be interested right so how do you like is there any nuance there at a like any particular song or i don't know i'm i'm just trying to imagine what it could be so see there are again you know when we we talk about this we generally have some assumptions you know so for example uh, this uh, garudi so what we think is you know that that snake is dancing to the tune hmm. but actually snakes don't have ears they look at that red thing which is hanging below his instrument and they follow that instrument so in same way musicians also feel you know that audience is moving as per something but actually the audience is appreciating something totally different so there is a clear lag you know between what as artists we think what people are enjoying but what people actually enjoy so and to, with <laughs> sorry to, to add to that uh, i very vividly remember this example so we were at a school and it was a santur concert and uh, one of the questions that we usually ask is what did you like the most you know in the concert what will you take away with you and you know what you will remember the most so people children gave their answers and uh, and one of the students said that i liked that first part you know of whatever bhaiya was playing i liked that first part so then we were like uh, okay so when when the tabla came in uh, and it was slow tempo so did you like that part and this guy goes no 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 not that not even when the tabla came when there was no tabla when the only that instrument was playing i liked that part so he was essentially basically referring to ala jhod jhala he was not referring to even the gat or anything you know and it has stayed with me because that's what we think that you know children will like the faster parts more or the madhyalay more or maybe when the percussion is there you know they might enjoy that but that's not necessarily the case somebody may appreciate something completely different mm-hmm. and in fact the other feedback that we've received from many teachers is that there are many students who are not able to you know just sit in one place uh, especially during the academic classes they are the ones who are extremely absorbed in all these music sessions wow so mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see you know we look from the point of view of an adult yeah. uh, you know and you know often like we also get hooked to slow things more than fast things hmm. like for example a carpenter who is working you know very minutely removing small small chips of wood and we can watch it for hours so actually what we are watching is not the speed but the involvement of that person with you know his or her craft or art so in case of instrumental music or vocal music or dance form when you are at a very close distance that is what we are focusing on this won't happen if we are in an auditorium mm-hmm. because i cannot grasp all these nuances sitting like 50 feet away from the performer so that's why we ensure intimate setting and then we have seen you know, like for example when you do jod on santur alap or jod on santur that mallet is actually jumping on the strings many times a second and students can actually see that happening so i think students get hooked to these things you know rather than how fast is this going is the musician going very high or very low of course they like these things also 
but what they really appreciate is that oneness you know between the artist and the art hmm. yeah now i can relate to it because uh, i have often quoted this in multiple interviews i was trying to learn flute i don't know anything about flute now it just sare gama padani so that's it but uh, i tried to learn for one year and it was a very intimate guru shishya parampara style the guru's name is giridhar doderi and he's from uh, venkatesh gurkhindi garana so it is a very small garage with like probably 8 feet by 10 feet and there are like some seven eight different flutes and sir picks up one and he goes for like 45 minutes with say just yaman and it feels divine because you are almost like 2 feet away from him and just that bamboo can create so much without even like tabla there like it's it, there is a tal mala that's it so yeah i i get what you're saying so apart from intimacy like have you engineered or have you come up with any other sort of changes because again wo cliche hai na ki like जो अभी इतने साल से चल रहा है लाइक थाउजेंड इयर्स इट सर्वाइव इट विल सर्वाइव इट्स क्लासिकल आर्ट फॉर्म इट विल ऑलवेज सर्वाइव सो डू यू थिंक देयर नीड्स टू बी लिटिल री इंजीनियरिंग रिक्वायर्ड और दिस इंटीमेसी इज इनफ फॉर पास इट ऑन एंड एंड जनरेट दैट क्यूरियोसिटी सो सी फर्स्ट थिंग यू नो दैट दिस थिंग यू नो दैट दिस म्यूजिक इज नॉन टेम्पर्ड और एज इट इज फॉर यू नो हंड्रेड ऑफ इयर्स एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट इट्स नॉट लाइक दैट yeah like if you listen to music even 50 years before it was very different mm. it was very different in terms of the pitch that our voices had even the structures of ragas are changing little bit what instruments were used so one thing that we have to understand is that that music is always changing yeah so tradition doesn't mean getting stuck at one point you know but tradition means basically you you stick to some values and you reinvent those values in your context and in your time so that is one part of the answer you know that uh, there is a lot of variation and there is a lot of Change. things changing you know like every musician that comes in it has no connection with like three or four generations before how the musicians in the same school played it's very different that is one part second part is uh, like what else we do to make it attractive to students or to make it palatable you know to individuals so one thing is that uh, we actually tell artists that we don't want any gimmicks you know like tihai is long tihai is one after the other one after the other or a lot of jugalbandi between the two we said don't do any of that you know as you practice for yourself just just play that hmm. that is one thing that we do second thing is we take a lot of care on creating an atmosphere of inclusion at our concerts so whenever fear comes in the learning totally stops so we ensure that there is no fear yeah so so students are they have been told that you can ask questions but of course there are rules also so we also tell them rules that you cannot disturb in between we also say that if you find it boring get up quietly and leave like no one will say anything to you why did you leave and all of that so students who are in the room they are aware of what they have signed up for and what is their responsibility and also what is their freedom and i think if the music is good that is enough to ensure that kids like it correct yeah mm-hmm. so we've always seen and uh, this is our only brief to the artists whenever you know they come and do these concerts and workshops is that do not compromise 
do not ever think in your mind that these children don't have the background in music they are listening to this for the first time oh i need to make it easy or nothing you you do it the way you will do it for your best audience basically mm-hmm. and they are the best audience and we've seen that we've seen musicians we have had drupad musician coming uh, to construction site doing a 45 minute alap and students have listened to it and very engagingly and the musician has not compromised at all yeah. and yes there will be one or two who will leave and that's their freedom and that's exactly what we need to normalize in a way you know it's okay somebody is it's not everyone's cup of tea i don't like watching football i don't have to stay on the field all the time i watched a game for 10 minutes it's okay so we keep that kind of openness towards you know classical art forms also i think that's very important you know in this business of giving respect what happens is that we lose the spontaneity and the real connection with it you know we're so constantly scared of things our only brief is that and also we the other thing that we tell artists is that you have to answer everything you cannot say that no 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 i can't answer this no no this is long answer no no you need many many years that can't be your answer you have to give a proper answer you will do for 15 years then you will know these cannot be the answers you have to explain why 15 years then why 15 years you have to explain so that's we just so just bring that honesty there in your performance and then it will happen so that's our only brief and we've seen that more or less that has worked <laughs> i think i should uh, sort of attend to learn few things because in design at least uh, right now i'm in that stage where if anybody asks me ki how to do anything i think just do whatever you want just do it for 12 years and uh, if anybody asks why 12 years actually i don't have an answer maybe i'll just attend some of your sessions and learn how to answer that it's it's just a function of consistency according to me absolutely yeah 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 no and that's exactly the answer right there yeah when you say it in that way you reach the other person mm-hmm. when you say that it is about consistency you reach the other person then other person knows that it is achievable yeah. you know i just have to go with that consistency now i may need 5 years somebody may need 10 years that's okay yeah. but when you start with this thing of no no you will need 20 years you will need 15 years mm-hmm. but what are you asking in those 20 years that needs to be clear and that's exactly that consistency that commitment or you know that interest mm-hmm. that joy in learning that also has to be there you know then it will sustain then one will stay with it very automatically okay in fact there are so many threads like right now going through my head yeah so mandar i wanted to ask you about this um, thing that uh, like yes baitak is a progression it's a way of sort of going through that flow right and if you say anubhav and parichay these two things yes they introduce you but when it comes to taleem sadhana or sort of is a very integral part of it so like do you see any drops there or are you comfortable with the drop of number of students or how do you sort of make peace with it like what's happening at that front where you have generated an interest like in i'll take a very sad example but in in the indian context what happens is a lot of ui ux especially the the field in which i am there are a lot of people who are learning we are mentoring and then they are flying to berlin and and different parts of the world because there's great exposure and like good ui outside there so it sometimes hurts kyar yahan pe itna like mentoring hua hai uh, and india needs good design so why are you flying outside we say like i'm i'm just drawing that parallel here so what happens in talim and how do you sort of start 
making people sensitive that if you want to get into this, not in a purest sense, but it's a long-term commitment. How, like, how do those dynamics work? Yeah. So see there, the fundamental thing, you know, about which we are very clear is that we are not here to create musicians. So that's not our objective. Uh, uh. That is a byproduct. Yeah. And we have a mechanism to support that byproduct, you know, wherever we see a possibility. But what we essentially want to do is actually give experience of music to students. That is the thing, you know, we want to use and introduce music as a practicing art form. So we make this distinction, you know, that a performing art form versus a practicing art form. Like Hatha Yoga, for example, it's a practicing art form. I do it for myself and I don't perform it on a stage. In same way, music is also a practicing art form. It became performing, you know, at different points in its journey because of different reasons. But what we focus on is basically introducing music as a powerful tool to every student. If out of 100 students, 5 students say that we want to learn this, we are very happy to provide that infrastructure to them. You know, okay, we will give you a good tutor. We will support you for your learning journey. If you are taking more interest, we will help you make it your career also. You know, we can connect you to a nice gurukul. We can give you concert opportunities and all of that can be worked out. But as I said, that is actually purely a byproduct. So, Pula Deshpandan saik bhashan hai deodhar master I think it's on his 75th birthday. I don't know exact occasion. Yeah, yeah. And there he says, you know, Devudhar Mastaran sa hetu kai Kumar Gandharva nirman karana nauta. Panzar Kumar Gandharva banla, to nidan lokan na kadaila tari hawa ki arya Kumar Gandharva hai. Haa ten sa hetu hota. So he, yeah. So basically when you have a diamond, you should have at least thousand people who know what diamond is. Otherwise that diamond has no value. So in same way, we are not here in the field of music to create diamonds. If the diamonds happen through this journey, we are very happy for that. But our outcome is totally different, you know, as we see that. Mm-hmm. The other is actually also just practically, we are we are still in that sense, a young organization mm-hmm. for us to see that kind of impact of Talim particularly, or to face very specific challenges for that program. I think it's now the next two, three years, we will be in that place where we may have some of these challenges, you know, if somebody wants to take it full time, how do you convince their parents? You know, there can be a hundred other things also, you know, what should they study? Should they do a graduation at all? These are all big choices for all students. So, uh, so we've, we're still not in that place just, you know, uh, with the timeline that we are on. So, mm. yeah, but I think as Bandar just rightly said that, we, but we are not focused on creating performance. We are performers. We are more focused on creating listeners and more focused on providing music as a strong companion in, in the lives of these children, you know, so something like a tool that they can any, any time fall back on. It's a constant companion. Mm. Uh, so we wish that they seek that companionship in music practice which I feel is happening for sure for some students yeah mm-hmm. I think did you consciously not choose the word kansen because it is not purely listeners also and it is neither and performing artists also it's it's right in the middle I think is that a correct understanding 
So, I mean, we are not using the word Kansen or uh, audience also in that sense, you know, it's sort of the same connoisseurs or anything like that. We're not using those terms is because I think when you are an audience, the name itself suggests, you know, there is a distance from the performance. Mm. So, you know, you were different and you were, you also sort of are in a place where you judge the merit and impact and uh, that part of you know what's happening in front of you and the other thing is some sense you know it's slightly it's still intellectual mm. it's not very close to that experience you know when you do the art that's the closest that you can get you know to that art form basically and it's very practically also it changes a lot of things in you like your breathing can change like your right left brain connections can change you know quite drastically if you're practicing music so these are of course all the other benefits of practicing music in that sense and it also takes you a step closer to that art form you know it's not passive anymore you're very actively involved in that action and which is very important and when you take the performance side out of it you're actually removing the the competition you're removing the in some sense you're removing some of these parts need which, for a good voice yeah you know some of these limitations or these ideas that are associated with art you are removing those actually mm-hmm. because then you don't want to be a performer you know that's not your objective at all so you are focusing on the joy focusing again on the process more than your product so that is why we call it i mean practicing art form so we want to create practitioners of this music which may not necessarily be performers but they'll practice mm-hmm. yeah and and one more thing before uh, we conclude the last part of the session is that when i was trying to learn the flute it's tough right i mean you have to just keep doing at it like i was just like basic sare gama padanisa but like sir told me to practice in like double triple speed and there is no shortcut there so how do you ensure that the kids especially the new generation who have so low attention span and everything happens at a click of a button in that setting repetition because you can master only through repetition here as per my understanding so if you have any other format to learn this i doubt that but how do you sort of implement it like it just just repetition right it is pretty much repetition i mean there are uh, and students most of the times you know don't get the time to practice also at home most of our students actually don't even have space to practice you know we i mean space is a luxury for most of us actually you know yeah. uh, uh, it's very challenging for a lot of students whom we work with to be able to find even a corner or a spot where they can practice you know and if they're doing dance then it's even more difficult they i mean just no space at all to practice so yeah. there are those challenges but no but in here what i was trying to point out is chalo even if there is space even there is some time the sheer act of it is monoton it is not monotonous it is monotonous if you don't understand it it's it's like just same thing over and over again so like how do you build that confidence because those like maybe like few months of practicing you haven't moved much and that's typically with any classical form so like how do you build that sort of uh, curiosity or so one thing is what i have seen all these uh, teachers do in classroom is basically they always balance out the repetition with uh, uh, with a lot of what do you say new content in that sense you know so there is always something new that's done in every class so one is let's say if say for example in kathak you are learning a tatkar you're basically learning your footwork you know if you have four beats and you're learning how to do or eight beats and you're learning how to do that 
Now that is going to take time and that might even take like two months, let's say, you know, just to get the basic footwork right. You know, what this teacher say will do is that they will do a part of the class that is theory. So, you know, say how many dance forms are there in India? Why are they called classical? Why are some not called classical, you know? Then there are some, say some shlokes or some piece of music, basically, that, you know, typically says used in a particular school. So they will teach those. You get students to recite those. Then you get back to the practice of your tatkar. Then you go back and, you know, you make your notes. Maybe you write down what sort of you did today or how you felt today. You come back to your tatkar. So there is a mix of this, you know, that is in that sense done in any class. You know, there is a bit of theory and then there's a bit of practice that is done. And in practice, again, what I've noticed most of teachers do is that you pay individual attention and you give everyone chance, you know, to, to showcase something in front of the class and you require others to observe that. Uh, that in itself, I mean, centers the energy of the entire group, you know around a particular task. So everybody is constantly observing each other and uh, sharing feedback with each other and, and noticing what is going wrong and then realizing that, oh, I'm, I'm also doing the same mistake probably. So, you know, it's really dependent on the teacher, I would say, that how they bring together the energy of the class. But I've seen most of our teachers do that very beautifully. Then they keep students on foot, you know. So that happens. And of course, I mean, there are challenges. There will be some students who will get tired and they don't want to do it anymore. But you have to keep pushing them sort of, you know. And the other thing is actually I've never seen these teachers, say like dance teachers or even uh, those teaching vocals. They don't, they are not sitting there. They just, you know, they're also equally participating. So for the entire one and a half hour, that teacher is also doing the footwork with them. So when they see that teacher say she's asking us to do it for 10 minutes, but she's herself been doing it for, you know, past 20 minutes. That's inspiring in itself, you know, that you see somebody with that stamina and you you want to achieve that, you know. So that happens. And uh, yeah, so teachers find ways. <laughs> like for example, in, in, in Bharat Natyam, there is a particular way of jumping where you jump up. And you again come on the ground, but in a such way that there is no sound of your feet. It's a technique. They will jump and they will come down without making any sound. Now kids find this very fascinating and actually they can spend half an hour to 45 minutes just practicing that because they really want to do it. You know, they really want to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So every art form has some magic practices, you know, see art has been like gathering so many people around it because it has some magic to it. Mm. So I think what we have to do is we have to just give a glimpse of that magic to the kids and then they run behind us, you know, no, no, I want to learn this, teach this to me. Very nice, very nice. Cool. Uh, I think uh, we can conclude uh, with the last few set of questions, which is sort of, I know, like you said, you are exploring and, and we also spoke about it's a discovery, it's a process, but have you envisioned, have you given some thought about like what is Betak's future? Like what shape and form it will have in the metaverse or I don't know, metaverse is still far away because we are in like some other world today, especially for India as well. But any thoughts uh, 20, 30 years out, like how do you see Betak sort of growing, Mandara? Yeah, so see, I believe in the moment, you know. So to be very honest, I can just talk about what is happening at this moment, you know, but with Baithak, you know, like one thing that both of us feel, you know, that it will be a 
movement of people you know a movement of artists a movement of teachers a movement of parents a movement of students so what we are sort of trying to create is a model a model where you know we take care of everything okay funding part is sorted school part is sorted artists sorted logistics sorted so see this is the model you want to replicate it at your place tell us what is missing you know and we will just help you find that part and you are on on your own so we want it to grow in that way you know that uh, like musicians in probably every town will say ki okay i want to have a chapter of baitak in my community mm. Mm. yeah so that is what but as i said you know we can't say what will happen it might be much bigger than this also we don't know Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Yeah, in fact, uh, I want to go back to the earlier question when you said magic. I remembered uh, Pula Deshpande in one of the speeches. He was saying that आजकल वीस राग घोकायला लावतात. They might know the history, but they don't know the mystery behind, like one rag also. So yeah, the the magic part, uh, I I could sort of connect. Yeah, and Lakshmi, um, like I wanted to ask you about the Kirtankar part, which I started off with. can you elaborate a little bit on it like are there listeners today what's the scene like if it interests maybe we can do like a separate audio gan session on it because it's it's a very very beautiful art form so but yeah just a quick glimpse and how does it does it help baithak in any way do you see parallels do you see inspiration driving from here to there or yeah so uh, i mean it's a big practicing community again you know there are many many who who do kirtans who i mean who perform who go uh, places you know with this art form so uh, it's very much alive in that sense um, however it's alive in a how can i say that i mean it's very rigid in some sense in its format and its content and in its delivery you know in just the way the form works sort of so in that sense it's very organized so my endeavor in that sense with this art form has been to sort of broaden that horizon you know to say let's say basically talk about subjects that are not spoken through that art form so like i mean we've done kirtans on uh, ram krishna paramhansa on hari prasad chaurasia so is it possible sort of you know to open that space basically so i try to do that one is that the other is uh, i don't adhere to many what do you say many tenets of the form in that sense you know i do follow a broader structure as in how it's presented ki purvaranga asto uttaranga asto mag apan naman karto suruvatila kiwa asha sagya goshti mi karte but what i make sure is that um, i also follow a style and i speak the way that i really want to communicate and not something that i don't like or i don't possess you know which is in fact how uh, otherwise one would see popularly uh, kirtans happening you know there's a bit of drama to it which i'm not very comfortable with so then i avoid doing that so that's where i come from the connection i have seen with say classical music or how it adds to you know what we are doing it's really very strong actually because classical music is very integral part of kirtan so all that we sing you know abhanga ovi arya sakhi je kai ami gato all that is set in indian classical in the sense there's always some rag that the bhajan is based on there's always some kind of melodic line that you use say for the gajar part or so there's there's this deep connection with classical music so and i feel that kirtan is actually 
and has been actually the more uh, accessible form for masses mm. you know mm. Mm. Uh, because it mm. sort of happens in temples it happens in the you know gavacha jatre madhe hota so its location is such that it's more accessible yeah and the subject and the content also is slightly relatable like correct correct so what happens is that that becomes an entry point for many people in fact a lot of classical musicians until very recently actually have been from families who had some connection with kirtankars ki kai tari hari katha ajoba karayche ai karayji and then you know slowly the next generation has gone towards in classical music so there is a deep connection there is a connection like that with natya sangeet also actually hmm. because that's the entry point and that's the one that's accessible to the masses more than classical you know hmm. and that adds to the work that we do also in some sense because it just helps you understand what is that reaches people you know because some of these art forms have employed tunes notes rhythmic cycles which are as you had you know you have some of your first questions were is that how do you make it palatable so there are some of these structures indeed which are more relatable you know and you will find the use of these in kirtan or in bhajan mm. or in the, such kind of forms you know so that's a good uh, feedback system actually for you to know that what works you know uh, with masses yeah. in that sense so yeah it does help but i am a very different performer from the you know i think the traditional uh, way it's done you know i still follow the format but a lot of things you know i've changed a lot of things i don't <laughs> do the usual stuff so yeah <laughs> got it got it cool what sort of uh, reach right now uh, you guys are sort of in pune and other parts of the country or it just uh, have you explored other schools in other geographies or what's the state like So right now we are in Pune primarily that is our home ground uh, we did a pilot in Delhi so we are exploring whether Delhi is possible the pilot was successful we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. we are also in Solapur we've completed our pilot project in Solapur and we are very much looking forward to the next year in Solapur so Solapur for sure the other exciting thing for Baithak is that we are soon hopefully coming up with a rural center closer to Dapoli and once that happens we hope that we will be able to reach some rural schools uh, because till now we've always worked in urban semi urban uh, locations so this will be a new experience but i'm guessing that will take some time for the center to come up and uh, you know it to grow but yes we'll definitely look forward to growing in some rural locations yeah cool uh, any concluding thoughts mandar lakshani anyone like just like just for the listeners on to yeah, yeah so see like when when we look at this whole initiative our initial goal you know like when we sat ki okay we have to do something you know let's start something and all of that our objective was you know that we should at least do three concerts every year and we should at least work with two schools but what we realized is that uh, we have already outgrown that initial dream by many times in just 3 4 years you know so what like we learned from that is you know that uh, we should never operate out of insecurity mm. because you know most of the times we have these targets and then targets make you run mm. you have to do many things just because you have targets so that is one thing that we have you know very clearly defined you know that we won't do something just because we have to do those things you know to maybe please someone or to meet some criteria or to get some grant and that's why the answer to your question where do you see it 10 years 20 years later 
is because uh, we really don't know you know because there is no set path here like as krishnamurthy said you know that it's a pathless land Mm. so i think that's it you know and whenever we look at any good initiative this seed is present there you know that it started with authenticity of what you want to do and not in terms of what scale you want to reach how many people you want to impact and and all of that these things happen automatically if you're if you stay true with your seed and you know that's what we are trying to do beautiful I think uh, I'm going to borrow a lot of words if I have to give in to you <laughs> about audio again. It's it's the same, but you have sort of articulated beautifully. Cool. I think uh, this is a good note to end. Thanks a lot for giving your time. All the best to Bytak Foundation, and uh, would like to have you guys again on audio again, maybe on a different topic. There are a lot of things I've noted down to which can stream into much longer conversations, but. Uh, Yeah thanks thanks once again. And definitely Kedar and thanks. thanks to you actually for giving us this opportunity because this also helps us uh, articulate as you just rightly said you know it helps us think about what we have been doing yeah. and helps us articulate them better so i hope it all made sense <laughs> and yeah, it will yeah, hopefully make sense to the listeners too so but yes. very we are very deeply thankful thank you all the best. Yeah all the best thank to you. you. <laughs> thank you bye. And that's it from today's Gyan session. For show notes and more Gyan, visit audiogyan.com. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to check our other interesting podcast on IVM Network. You can listen to us on IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. To stay tuned, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IVM Podcast. And if you wish to connect with me, I am at Audiogyan Moments on Instagram. Until then. Take care. Hello! It's been a great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish Thing, Anish welcomes ultra marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon. the mindset of a runner and what it actually takes to run a full marathon on cock and bull cyrus navin akash and shreyas talk about the korean band bts serving in the military and its repercussions on think fast varun and suchita discuss wing greens and their latest acquisitions and about the indian sexual wellness market and on shuni one shiladatya is joined by dinika bhatia ceo and founder of natigrities they talk about coming from a business family and dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt free snacking Once again don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com we have some exciting new merch out there for you also do follow us on social media we are ivm podcasts on twitter facebook instagram and linkedin and do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to appreciate them rate them and review them wherever you are listening to them you can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com/ivmpodcasts and finally we would like to thank our sponsors this week Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms, and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. 
Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.